calling. And not on our own merit or effort, but by your power of your Holy Spirit and through grace by faith, let us be exalting the name of Jesus, joy-filled, hope-filled, love-centered Christians, God, who can face whatever comes this year because you are with us. And somebody say, Amen. I am His, is what I want to talk to you about this morning. I am His, 1 Peter chapter 1. What do you need in order to face the days of head? Man, we have come through some stuff in the last two years in the world. In 2020 and 2021, we have seen COVID-19 become a global pandemic, mandatory lockdown, stock market crash, the largest economic recession since the Great Depression, inflation. Uh, the World uh, Health says there's over 5 million have died in these last two years. We've seen a major, major natural disasters from the Australian fires to Western wildfires and record droughts to record floods in Tennessee and in Europe to extreme hurricanes that we've experienced like Laura and Ida in the last two years. You forget about any of these things? Uh, we've had killer, recently killer Midwest tornadoes in the winter. Not to mention uh, racism in our streets, BLM protests, riots by anarchists, impeachment of a president two times, election scandals, vaccine division, social media fact checks, uh, continued Palestinian crisis, Russian advancement in Ukraine, resurrection of the Taliban, and even the church has faced a lot of things. Somebody say, whew, man, uh, I'm ready for 2022. But there's a part of you that's like, I'm ready, and another part of you is like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe is it going to be better or is it going to be worse? What do you need in order to face a year ahead that you don't know might be worse? Can I, I don't can imagine if it could be worse, but it could be. It could be. And how can I go through this year? Did you come through 2021 and 2022 with joy, unspeakable and full of glory? I mean, that's what the Bible promises. And how can I go through the next coming year victorious? Uh, I think about Corey Ten Boom. If, I don't know if you know Corey Ten Boom. Most of you probably do. But she said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. And, and in 1944, I think, uh, yeah, 1944, Corey uh, Ten Boom was the daughter of a watchmaker. She was Dutch. They were in German, Germany. And uh, they were housing Jews uh, during the Nazi advancement. And they were housing Jews, and one day they caught out, they, their family got discovered they were doing that, and their whole family, 30 of them in the home, got arrested and went to prison camps. And Corey's father, within just 10 days in these work and labor camps, died. So they sent Corey and her sister to another women's work camp, and as they were there, they were mistreated in every kind of way. I mean, they lived with lice and fleas, and, and they were starved, and they were beaten, and they were verbally assaulted for their Christianity. But man, these two young women still held to the Christian faith. No matter how much they were made fun of and, and abused, they continued to, even in their dorm, hold worship meetings and believe that God was going to be with them through this time. And, and they struggled, and it was hard, and they almost gave up several times, but they continued to worship God and pray and lead other people to the Christian faith. And then finally, there was just two guards that were just horribly violent and abusive to them. And from sickness, her sister would die. And then in 1946, by a, a, a happenstance to the world, uh, Corey was released by a clerical error. And the next week, every woman in that dorm was killed in the gas chamber. Her sister had died in that place, the sickness, and, and she would later, uh, a couple years later, would go and find those two men, those German soldiers who had been so abusive to their, and forgive them for what they had done. How can you keep 
the joy and the hope and the love of Jesus in a day of evil like that? How can you go through something that everything on the outside is just going bad, but on the inside, you are staying true to who you are and who He is? That, man, I've got something in me that is overcoming every negative thing the world, the devil, and hell could throw at me because I know something. What is that? It's that you have to know who you are in Christ and who He is for you. Who is He? Who is He? How do you keep your hope and joy in a day of evil? And what are you going to do if 2022 is worse than 2021? What are you going to do that will lift you up above every trial and circumstance? How do you shrug off the lies of the enemy when all the negativity of the world comes at you? How are you going to rise above hostility and even the threat of death? You know, I may have to put up with a lot of things in this world, but I have a choice and how I internalize those things, and how I respond to those things. I have a choice whether I get negative, whether I get doubtful. I have a choice whether or not I have joy. And we may not think that, but that is really what the Bible is calling us to. Uh, how do you go against the grain of everything else in the world? Uh, you need to know who you are. I'm going to get Ari and Eddie. Come here for a second. So uh, this is family day at our church. So these are my two girls, okay? Say hi, all right? So how do you go against the grain of everything going bad in your life? So my, my girls go to elementary school here, and uh, who's your dad? Yeah. Me, okay, uh, and does your dad love you? Yeah. Yeah, good, I was, I was kinda worried about that one. Uh, <laughs> and so, so you know I love you, right? Mm -hmm. So if somebody at school told you that your daddy doesn't love you, would you believe him? No. No, why? Because it's, it's not true. You know I love you, right? And we say it every day, and, and we hug and kiss and read bedtime stories, and we play. The same is true if they were bullied in school, and someone says, your daddy doesn't love you, you're no good. You would know it was a lie. They would know it was a lie. Why? Because they know who their dad is. And they knew who they are. You can go sit down. Thank you. All right, here you go. Look, I love you. Uh, they know who they are, and they know who I am. And so they know that most of the time I pick them up, and at 3 o'clock, even if they've had a bad day, their daddy's coming. They know that if they are bullied on the playground and someone says to them, your daddy doesn't love you, you're no good, they know if they can just hold on to 3 o'clock, daddy's coming. And when daddy comes, they, it doesn't matter what anybody else has said because I'm going to be with dad and I don't care what you say. And they know that if they get sick at lunch, they just got to make a phone call and dad's going to put down everything else he's got going on and he's running to go pick up his little girls. Let me tell you something. Your dad is coming. Your dad is coming. I don't care what you've been going through. If you can just hold on for a little bit, and if you are sick in the meanwhile, all you got to do is make a phone call, and your dad is coming. And it doesn't matter what people say about you. It doesn't matter what you've gone through. There is an appointed time when your dad is coming to pick you up. Amen. I could go home now. <laughs> your dad is coming to pick you up. All you've got to do in the meanwhile is believe in who he is and who you are in him. All right, now I can start preaching. Now, I think the problem today is many people don't know who they are 
and who he is. They don't know who they are in Christ. They don't know their father very well. And, and so they start to believe all sorts of things about themselves. They start to find themselves. They try to entertain themselves. You start to please yourself. You start to wonder, does God love you? Is he for you? Is he against you? And then you start to want to fit in. And at school, you try to fit into the crowd and leave what your daddy and your mommy told you what to be and who to be. And you start wanting to please the world instead of pleasing your father. And we let evil get us down. We start to believe the lies of all the bullies of the enemy. We start living for a lesser love. You start living on fleeting happiness. You start living on fleeting hope that all I can have is what I can experience today. Because that's all there is, is today. And you start to forget that dad is coming. And I know who I am. This is what I would like for us to just kind of have in our hearts when we leave today. Is that uh, you can say this about yourself. You say, I have love because I'm His. And that I have hope because I'm His. And I have joy because I'm His. I am His. Let's say that together. I am His. Your Heavenly Father has chose you to be something, to be someone. And in His love, you can have this living hope and this joy that is indescribable, undeniable in every circumstance. So look with me in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Real quick, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. I am his. We, let's go back in time. In 64 AD, this evil emperor is in power in Rome. And Peter is in Rome, the apostle Peter is in Rome writing to the churches in the area of Turkey, in a Roman, multiple Roman provinces. And it is getting bad for Christians. It hasn't been full out of assault just yet, but they can tell that it's coming. There have been verbal attacks and, and social outcasting and all this is, is the, 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 it's bubbling, okay? And just in two years, they don't know this, but just in two years, both Peter and Paul will be dead. That's the level of persecution that we're at. Nero's a crazy guy. I mean, he's, if he's horribly violent and killed his own family and just uh, you go in history and look at it. He's just a horribly, horribly violent, evil man. And he's about to blame Christians for the fire of Rome, okay? And so this is happening, and Peter's riding at this time of bubbling tension, not knowing what's going to happen in the next year. Are you with me? Not knowing if it's going to be worse than it is now. What's going to happen in the next year? And what is he going to tell these Christians? And here's what he says. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as strangers. Somebody say strangers. Strangers scattered through Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with His blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Somebody say living hope. Living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith. Didn't you think that would be encouraging in the time you were living? By faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. He's saying, Dad's coming. In this you greatly rejoice, even though for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. So the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which perishes even tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you've not seen him, now, now Peter had seen him. These guys hadn't seen him. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you don't see him now, you believe in him and greatly rejoice with joy 
Some, here's what King James says, unspeakable and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. Now, we're going to unpack that just for a lot because that's a lot of words. It's a lot of doctrine in there. And I, I just wanted to think about it just for a second. The first part I want to talk about is, he says, you are chosen. Number one is you are chosen. He says you are strangers and exiles, aliens and foreigners. That's what he says. You're strangers, you're exiles, you're aliens, you're foreigners. He's talking to people who have been dispersed by persecution. Even the Jews who had settled there were dispersed by the exile uh, way back in, in the Old Testament times. He says, you feel like you're people who don't belong. You know, I didn't really belong very much on the playground uh, and growing up. I was that outcast. I never had a click or fit in. He says, you are people who feel like you don't belong here. You ever feel like this world's not your home? He says, this, you are like strangers. You're exiles. You feel like you don't belong. There's something wrong. Everything's going wrong in your life. And it's like, why doesn't everything work out? How come I don't fit into a place in this world? He says, because you're not just exiles or strangers. You are chosen exiles. You are the elect exiles. One translation says, you are the elect exiles. What does that mean? Everybody in this world wants to fit in, but God's people never fit in. He says, you are not aliens, you're chosen aliens. You're not foreigners, you're chosen foreigners. You're not exiles, you're elected exiles. What does that mean? Elect in that, that version, it means you are the selected favorite of God. He's saying, you're God's favorite. You don't fit into this world, but guess what? You should know this. You're God's favorite. It's like if I could tell my kids if they're being bullied at school, you may not fit in at school. Maybe people may not like you. It doesn't matter. But guess what? You're my favorite. You're my favorite. And your heavenly father is speaking that through Peter to the church of then and today, that you are my favorite. I chose you before the foundations of the world, before everything was even spoken to existence. I had a plan for you. And that's the next part. He says, you have been chosen by the foreknowledge of God. And I wrote this down, just putting these translations together. And just to say this, listen to this, as if God was to say this to you. He says, you're not forgotten. That God has a plan for you. That God, has, the Heavenly Father, has His eye on you. That He you, knew you and chose you long ago. That God's been thinking about you for a long time. That He's been planning for the day that you and Him will be together forever. And He's been meticulously working out a plan that you and Him will no longer be separated. That's your Heavenly Father. You are chosen. You are elected. You are God's favorite. You are his wonder, the person that he's been waiting to get to. And then he says he's had a plan since Adam and Eve in Genesis 3.15 that God has been trying to get Jesus here to get you back to him. He's been working on this plan for a long time just to get to you. Amen. How do you know this is you or not? You know, Romans said, those he foreknew, he predestined to become conformed in the image of his son, that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And those he predestined, he called. And those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he glorified. How do I know if I'm chosen? How do I know if this is me? And he says, the first part, he says, well, if you believe in Jesus, he says, you believed in the resurrection. That's the first part. If you believe in the resurrection, you're, you're accepting God's election. You're accepting that he chose you, that he loves you. So he says, I believe. He says, you believed in this resurrection. You believed in this good news. And then the next part, he says, it's through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit has come in your heart, that he has cleansed you and set you apart from this world, making you holy. You say, well, why don't I fit in? 
because the very word holy means set apart for a special purpose. He says, you're not going to feel like you fit in in this world because he sets you aside for himself. He didn't set you to go with the flow and fit in with the crowd and do everything everybody else is doing. You're supposed to feel like an outcast because you're chosen to feel that way. You're chosen for him and for his purpose alone. And so church, we're not supposed to be watching the same stuff. We're not supposed to be saying the same things. We're not supposed to be going to the same places. And we're not supposed to be feeling the same things the rest of the world is feeling about things. We're not supposed to have the same opinions about what's going on in the world. That's because you're holy. You're set apart. You're elected for a special purpose. Stop feeling down that you don't fit in. Rejoice. You're chosen. That's why you feel out of place. You're chosen. And you're sprinkled with his blood that Jesus, the Son of God, has died for you. Now look at that part. He says, there's, I li there's not one part of God that's not for you. He says, God the Father had a plan for you. Jesus the Son sprinkled his blood for you and the Holy Spirit sanctified you. God has given you every ounce of himself for you. He didn't hold anything back when he gave you himself. He gave you his Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. He says every way you can think about God, God has been for you, working on your behalf to get to you. He's waiting for three o'clock to pick up his kids. He's waiting. He can't excite him. I'm ready to still get done and get with work today just so I can pick my kids up. Number two is he's not just chosen you, but he's, number two, chosen you to be somebody. Turn to your neighbor and says, be somebody. He's chosen you to be somebody. He's chosen you for a purpose. Three things he says he's chosen you to be is that you are chosen, number one, to be born again. God chose you to be born from above. That's literally what that means. It's been chosen to be born from above, not born of flesh in your carnal nature, but he's chosen you to be born of the Spirit and moved and breathed by the Spirit and led by the Spirit and walked by the Spirit, not to follow the fleshly nature and the nature of sin and the nature of this world. He's chosen you to be like him and to walk with him and talk with him and commune with him and abide with him. That's an awesome thing that I get to be with my dad and he wants to be with me and he's chosen you to be a born of a new spiritual lineage and a new spiritual DNA in Christ. Number two, he says he's chosen you to have living hope. You're chosen to be born again, not just chosen to be something. You're chosen to be born again, chosen to have living hope. You ever bought a warranty? Maybe you bought a car or, or you bought a refrigerator or something and, and you had a warranty. It's like a five-year warranty. And if anything ever happens to this uh, refrigerator, this dishwasher or whatever, then I can always take it back to, used to call it Sears and Roebuck or you used to go to JCP, wherever. You could take this thing back and then in the middle of the pandemic, uh, that business closed. Well, now what? You're without a hope. Because if that thing breaks, that place doesn't exist anymore. It's dead. The doors are shut. It's nailed. You know, the sign says, go away. I mean, there's no, if it, you're just out of luck. That's a dead hope. He says, but you've been called to a living hope. Why is it a living hope? Because, let me tell you something, Jesus never dies. He's never going to die again. He died once and he was resurrected on the third day, brought to life. And he says, this is a living hope because Jesus is always living. And so you don't have to wonder if your salvation is going to expire, if this thing is going to go out, if God's going to uh, go back on his word. He says, man, this thing is all guaranteed. Man, you can always take it back to him and say, man, I have, I have, this thing is getting old. It's getting outdated. I need a new one. Give me a new model. He's like, man, I'm going to give you some refreshing of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you a new updated version. Man, it's going to be 
the same thing but better. Every time you come to me, this thing is always going to be in working and perfect order so long as you keep in warranty with me. This, this living hope, that means that every single day that you can go through something, you can get up in the morning and say, man, I have a blessed hope in Jesus. That even if today on this earth is going to be a bad day, man, if he comes for me, man, tomorrow's going to be the greatest day we could ever hope for. You are called to hope, church. Listen, it's not very hopeful in this world, but you are called to get up every day and have some hope. That's what you're called to. Number three is you're called to be holy, to abstain from sin and sexual immorality, to be holy and wholly His, separated for a special purpose. He says you're chosen to be with Him. In this economy, you can lose jobs on a whim. If something in China can happen and we lose our jobs here in Louisiana, there's something could happen over there that affects things over here. There's no guarantee. You can have that 401k in the bank and just like what we've seen in the last couple of years, it goes down $40,000 in one single day. There's no guarantees in this world. And think about it. Every single thing that is beautiful decays here. Guys, that wonderful car, it ain't going to be that wonderful in 20 years unless you keep on working on it, right? There's nothing, nothing. The flowers, the yards, the houses that you have, it's wonderful, it's beautiful. Give it 50 years of this world, it's going to decay, it's going to rot, it's going to peel, everything is going to fade away. But he says, man, there is something, you have an inheritance, a glorious inheritance in the sky that does not fade away, it is undefiled, it is imperishable, it is held by the power of God that not even the gates of hell can overtake this thing that God's done for you. There is something reserved in heaven. And the Bible says when your father comes, he's bringing his reward with him. It doesn't go away. That's why the Bible says, store up your treasures not on the earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but store it up there in heaven because where your treasure is, there your heart will be. The treasure is not the thing. The treasure is the person, Jesus. Say, my treasure is that when my dad comes, I know everything is going to be all right. It's in my father's house. There are many dwelling places. It's not about being out on my own and separate from my father and getting my own 40-acre track so I can build my own house and build my own thing. No, I want to move back in with dad. Don't you? Sometimes, come on, an adulting is overrated sometimes. You just want to move back in with your mom and dad. Man, come on, that's what heaven's going to be. We're moving back in with dad. We tried this thing on our own. It didn't work out so good. Let's all go back home. Amen? That's what he's saying. Man, there is a glorious inheritance for you. You are chosen to come back home. And lastly, it's so that. So that. You know what? My parents spoke over me has a direct correlation to how I see myself in times of trials. It's like I ought to speak over my kids that when a bully comes and someone says, your daddy didn't love you, they're going to know. I can tell the difference between a lie and a truth because I know who my dad is. I know who I am to my dad. Have you ever been so happy that you have cried tears of joy? Yes. Happy tears. You ever had happy tears? Uh, you know, like uh, watching my kids do their dance recital, you know, you're just sitting there and you're watching, you're smiling, you're happy, but you're crying. And you're like, why am I crying? I'm not sad. I'm, I'm happy, but you're crying. Or someone give you this large gift that you weren't expecting and amen, you just, you're so excited, you don't even know what to say. You just, just overwhelmed and you can't, you're speechless because someone has done something so great in your life. And you're like, no, I need some more friends like that. Right. Uh, you're just happy. Peter says, he says, because of who he is and because who he's called you to be, he says, look, he says, you can rejoice with joy 
that is unspeakable, or the other word is inexpressible, or another word is indescribable. He says, you have a joy in Jesus you can't even put into words. Now, I want to ask you, did that happen in 2021 and 2020? Let's be honest. Did I go through 2020 and 2021 and say, man, I have a joy, man, that I can't even put into words because it doesn't matter what happened all around me. I know my dad's coming to pick me up. I know that if I can sick, I get sick, I can call him. I don't care what the enemy says or the world says or how many bullies there are in the playground. And if I don't fit into this crowd and things don't look real good and I don't understand this math test, man, when I get home, it's just going to be me and dad. And he's coming at 3 o'clock. I don't know what the hour for sure is because kids, my kids don't have a watch, right, until this year. Man, I just know that when this day is over, it's going to be better when I get home. And Peter says, just to have that knowledge should give you a joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. There's an old song from that hymn. Anybody know that hymn? A joy unspeakable and full of glory. I looked it up and in 1900, Barney Elliott wrote that song, Barney Elliott Warren. He says this in the song, I have found the joy that no tongue can tell, how waves of glory roll. It is like a great overflowing well springing up within my soul. It is so, this, this is joy, he says, it is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. Oh, the half of it has never been told. Is that true? Because I want it to be true. Man, if I believe the word of God, Peter says, you, are a, you don't know this, but in, in a couple years' time, some of you are going to be dead because you're going to be thrown to the lions and torn apart. I myself am going to be crucified upside down. Paul's going to have his head chopped off. And people don't accept you. You can't even go to the marketplace and buy food unless you bow down to worship the emperor. And every single person in society thinks you are weird and outcasts and rebels. In Rome, we are meeting in underground, in Asia Minor, they were meeting in underground caves to have church. And he says, but I have a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. That's real Christianity. You know why? Because happiness is based on circumstance. Happiness is based on have and have not. I have or have not money. I have or have not food. I have or have not a roof over my head. Happiness is based on haves. Joy is based on Jesus. Happiness is based on what you have, but joy is based on Jesus. It is undefiled. It never ends. It is a living hope. It's based on something, someone that never is going to change. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. And so I can say, man, no matter what condition my life is going to be in, it's never going to be so bad that I don't have a reason to have joy in Jesus. Paul said, light momentary affliction prepares for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look to the things that are seen, but to the things that are, are unseen. I'm not looking to things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For things that are seen here are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Can you say, for this next year, you can say, there will never be a day I will not know love because I'm His. There will never be a day that I'll not have hope because I'm his. And there'll never be a day that I'll not have joy because I'm his. 
That's, that's something we need to hold on to. There's never going to be a day in the next year, by God's grace, upon his word, I'm never gonna have love because I know I'm his. I'm, there's not gonna be a day I'm gonna go through that I'm not gonna have a hope at the end of the day because I know I'm his. And there's never gonna be a day that even if my have and happiness isn't going well, man, there's never gonna be a day that I don't have joy because I know something. I am his. I know who my dad is. And I know he's coming to get me. How are you going to keep your hope and joy in a day of evil? You need to believe your dad's coming. There's one thing I think the church has forgotten is that Jesus is coming. He's coming. I don't know when he's coming, but I know he is coming. And that's my hope. And that's where my joy is. And I know who I am in him. Would you stand with me this morning? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe today you have gone through a season, we could all say we've gone through a season where hope and joy and love have been hard to find, been through some hard times in the last couple years. Many of us personally and with friends and loved ones, some of us with our jobs, some of us with sickness and health, some of us just with the, the depression of the world, the apathy and the weight of the world that is upon every, all across the globe today. You are chosen to be a peculiar people, different and set apart. God calls you his favorite. He has a plan to get you to himself. And he has called you to be somebody, to be something. He calls you to be holy. He calls you to be with him. He calls you to be full of his spirit. Because knowing that, is going to give you a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. A living hope. A living hope. Holding on to that living hope gives us a joy that's unspeakable, undeniable, indescribable, inexpressible. How's your joy level, Christian? How's your joy? Are we easily off-centered? Are we easily put off? Are we quick to to get angry? Are we easily frustrated? Are we overwhelmed by the things we see on the news and TV? Are we worried about things that are out of our control? Do we care what other people are saying about us? Are we worried where our next meal or things are going to come from? Are we worried how we're going to make it? Do you have a joy that's inexpressible? A joy that is undeniable? So much so that you can't put it into words. All you can do is just cry and thank the Lord that you are His kid and that He's coming for you. Would you make Jesus so real in your life? Would you listen to your Father's words about you? Would you believe them as true? Just like we want our kids to know that, they, that we love them and they can hold to our words. Christian, your Father has written love letter after love letter after love letter. He has written thousands of words to tell you who he is, that his plan has come, that Jesus has come. It was finished on the cross, and he's coming quickly, and he's coming soon. Just hold on. Just hold on. He's coming. There's a living hope. There's a joy. And that's where you need to live. I'm going to invite you, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, just right now in your own heart, just begin to put off and say, Jesus, I choose joy. 
Jesus, I choose hope. Jesus, I stand on your word and your love for me. God, I'm not going to be overwhelmed by this word. I'm not going to be negative and brought down. I'm not going to believe the lie. I'm not going to be easily frustrated. I'm not going to be anxious anymore. God, I choose joy. God, I choose Jesus today. I don't care what the world's going through. I know my daddy is coming for me. I just got to make it till he gets here. And so, Lord, I choose joy. I choose hope. I choose to stand in his love. I choose to rejoice always in the Lord that the testing of my my faith, oh God, is going to produce great things for you, Lord. And so, Jesus, we rejoice. We choose joy today. We choose peace today because we know our dad. And maybe you're here today and you don't know him like you should. And you're, you're, you've been facing doubts about yourself, insecurity. You've been believing the lie. You've been living for lesser love. You've been finding it in all the wrong places. Or you've been trying on different things. You can try on this habit or that addiction. You can try on living for that person or living for that thing. You can try to live up to what the bullies on the playground are saying about you. You can try to fit in with the crowd. But you just live for what your heavenly Father has called you and chosen you to be. If you just believe on Jesus Christ and what He's done for you, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, you'll be born again and made alive in Christ. The old man will pass away. A new nature will come that wants to obey Christ. And you'll start thinking like He thinks and doing life like He does life. And you're not living up to anything you could ever do because you're just living because He loves you. You can never make your daddy love you anymore. He just loves you because of who you are, that you are His, that He has your heart. And right now, if that's you, in in any part of your heart, you could say, God, I don't think you have this part of my heart. I've been given over to this addiction, this secret thing, this secret sin. I've been holding on to this area of my life, trying to find pleasure and belonging there. I've been caring what other, I've been holding on to grudges and unforgiveness. I've been holding on to things that that make me want to feel justified in how I feel. And you just say, God, I'm laying that at the feet of Jesus today. I'm giving you my whole heart. I believe in my Father's love. I believe in Jesus. And he's enough for me. He's enough for me. If that's your heart, that's your declaration. In a moment, our elders are going to be around the front. And today, listen to me, Christian, non-Christian, someone coming to faith, if you have a need today, we are here to lift you up. The Bible says, call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint you with oil and pray the prayer of faith over you. If you have sin in your life, you can be forgiven.